What's up and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Nice to be back inside the Auctioner Sports Performance Center after a few days off as the Pelicans get set to begin the second half of the season, unofficial second half of the season as there's only 27 games left. But Pelicans had a nice all-star break. Some of the players starting to trickle in today and uh, they'll leave tomorrow for the West Coast. They'll take on the Portland Trail Blazers on Friday, the Golden State Warriors on Sunday, and on Mardi Gras Day, they'll take on the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to have Christian Clark on, who covers the Pelicans for NOLA.com, Times Picayune Advocate, as uh, he was in Chicago in the frozen tundra of Chicago, Illinois, for All-Star Weekend covering the team. So we'll get his thoughts on the new All-Star format, how the guys played in the Rising Stars and All-Star Game, what the hype was like around Zion Williamson, and plenty more. As uh, the Rising Stars game was on Friday, February 14th, with Team USA defeating Team World 151 to 131. Zion Williamson, 14 points in the game on 7 of 11 shooting. He and John Morant were putting on a show there for a little bit. And then representing Team World was Nikhil Alexander Walker, who had 6 points in 20 minutes, and Nicolo Melli, who had 3 points and 5 rebounds in 16 minutes. And of course, Brandon Ingram represented the Pelicans in his first career All-Star game on Sunday for Team Giannis, and what a new format it was. Again, first three quarters, it all depended on winning the quarter, which would help with money going to a certain charity of Team LeBron and Team Giannis. In the fourth quarter, you first won the score um, at a target score would win the ball game, which was 157. They added 24 points to the leading team after three quarters, and that's how you got to 157, and it was Team LeBron on an Anthony Davis free throw securing the win but what a new format it was and it really brought a lot of excitement to that fourth quarter you saw guys like Kyle Lowry taking charges in the fourth quarter and we'll talk to Christian about that as well Brandon Ingram didn't play as much in the game only played nine minutes that was the least amount for any player on team Giannis but of course he was battling that ankle injury two points one of four from the field so he did get the score and it was nice to see Brandon Ingram participate in all the festivities, of course, Saturday night, a little controversy in the slam dunk contest, as uh, a lot of people thought Aaron Gordon should have won it. He's been robbed now twice of it, as Derek Jones Jr. gets the trophy, who represents the Miami Heat. So again, busy day here as teams or players are starting to trickle in. Pelicans are getting ready for an important 27 games, as they still have a outside shot at getting that eighth spot. They will need some help, and they'll also have to help themselves. All right, joining us now is Christian Clark, Pelicans beat writer for NOLA.com. Uh, Christian was a part of All-Star Weekend, as I mentioned, and now is back, has gotten some rest, and is ready to join us here and talk a little Pelicans basketball. Good to hear from you, Christian. Hope you survived the Windy City. Oh, it, it was so much fun despite the cold. It was kind of funny. I was splitting a lift uh, to the arena on Friday night with the, a member of Serbian Media, and he just looked at me and he goes, this is like Russia. <laughs> oh boy that's not a good comparison this time of year <laughs> unbelievable so I mean was that the biggest thing that people talked about with the weather I know you know when you look at Super Bowl cities in the NFL they try to avoid uh, places that have cold weather but with basketball you know half the half the arenas during February are in cities that have cold weather was that a big uh, point of conversation or does everyone kind of get over it once you get in there it was pretty brutal on Friday, but like once you know the actual events got going, I mean, I, I think the focus was on the events just because they were really good. I mean, I think three point dunk were awesome. Uh, you know, dunk kind of had a controversial ending, and I think the game itself was you know the most fun it's been in years. So I would say you know people were just kind of buzzing, like, oh man, this was really fun. No doubt about that. So Pelicans were well represented in All Star Weekend Friday night, Rising Stars Challenge, and then Sunday. 
um, in the All-Star game. Let's first talk about kind of, you know, you were there for media availability for all the guys. Um, how did, as far as I saw photos of Zion Williamson's media availability and how many people were around, um, what was that like just being surrounded by so many people and, and seeing how popular Zion was uh, despite playing just 10 games so far this season? You know, it, Zion's Friday itself was just completely insane. I mean, he goes to this NBA Cares event, and President Barack Obama uh, shows up. He was, it was kind of unannounced. Like, I don't think a lot of people knew that he was going to be there. And Obama starts working the room, and he gets to Zion, and he was like, hey, man, saw you, saw you score 32 points last night. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, I thought the coolest part of it was, like, just seeing how giddy Zion was about getting to interact with Obama a little bit. And then Friday night, he goes out and literally bends an entire backboard. So, you know, just another day in the life of Zion Williamson. I feel like now everyone, I think, you know, all the hype surrounding Zion, everyone has at least seen him play and kind of knows what he's capable of. But I feel like the bending of the rim took it to a whole nother level about what he's <laughs> capable of doing. Just from that dunk aside, I mean, were you hearing, you know, when you say that you cover the Pelicans, how many people were talking about, you know, how lucky you are to cover such a young man that is uh, has so much potential here in the NBA? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I've gotten extremely lucky that, you know, this guy's played 10 NBA games. And, you know, it's incredible, man. I mean, people so rarely live up to the hype. And, and so far, I think Zion's showed that he's, he's worth, you know, every ounce of hype that he's gotten. It's, it's all deserved. So, yeah, man, people are, are super interested in this guy. You know, I think a lot of that is Zion just handles the attention so well. Um, I don't think a lot of guys would be able to do that, you know, who are in the spotlight since they're 15 years old like that. How did Brandon Ingram handle it all? I know, uh, you know, he being from Los Angeles or playing with the Lakers, of course, he's used to, you know, having so many people and media members around him. But as far as soaking in his first All-Star game with the practices and, and the community events and then the game, um, from what you saw with Brandon, how did he soak that all in? Yeah, I, I, I thought Brandon, you know, had a great time this weekend. Um I saw Brandon spend a lot of time with family. His father, Donald, was there. And to me, that's what I kind of thought it was for Brandon. It was like really a celebration from the whole Ingram family. Like, you know, everybody kind of kind of helped him get here. I, I asked him Saturday about just the hours he put in in the gym with his dad in high school. His dad managed a gym in Kinston, North Carolina, where he's from. And, like, nights and weekends, that's where those two spent. You know, I thought one of the funny details that came out was, Brandon Ingram skipped his senior prom to, to go to the gym and shoot baskets. You know, I think this dude's a hoop's head, and you know, basketball is kind of a family thing for him. So, really, I just thought it was like, you know, a family-wide celebration that he's really, you know, one of the, the NBA's like elite players. If you want to check out Christian's article about Brandon Ingram and that skipping his senior prom, you can follow him on Twitter at cclark3000. Go to nola.com. For that article, Christian, let's talk about the format a little bit because that was really the talk of kind of how things went this weekend, not only uh, with the game on Sunday we'll get to, but Saturday night had a little bit of controversy um, in that slam dunk contest. Were you there to were, were you there to watch it, and did you think that Derek Jones Jr. was the winner? Oh, man, I, I thought it should have been Aaron Gordon. My favorite dunk of the whole night was when Markel Fultz threw it off the side of the backboard and, and – Aaron Gordon did the 360 with one hand. I mean, I thought that was unbelievable. I mean, I thought it was really entertaining. The judges should have been a lot better. I think that each judge should get 20 points, so they have, like, a little more leeway. So, like, mm -hmm. not everything has to be 8, 9, or 10. I think that would help a little bit. Um, but a really fun dunk contest. I guess my biggest gripe is that they each got two dunks in, like, the extra, like, overtime period or whatever. 
And I, I mean, you've like exhausted all your dunks at that point. It should just be like a one versus one kind of dunk thing. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's just it's just a silly event ultimately. So you know, whatever. I know it's a silly event, but there was a lot of players. Uh, we saw John Morant come out and was like, "I'm not doing this anymore." Do you think this is gonna, that format? Because I mean, some of these guys take it very seriously. Um, does this kind of outcome deter guys from entering the contest, or you think that's still really not going to matter um, with future events? Aaron Gordon was definitely fed up. I mean, he got straight up asked, like, will you do this again? He's like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not ever doing this again. So I guess you make a pretty good point there. Um, man, it it would be fun if, if Zion and Ja got in on this next year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is they just got to talk to the judges and, like, hey, we need a little more consistency. And, and maybe, like I said, like, we'll give you 1 through 20. So you, you have a little more wiggle room, and it's not right there. But, yeah, they, they got to be a little bit better. I mean, Dwayne Wade, what are you doing, man? Yeah, and all and also keep in mind with some of the the judges that they had. I mean, you had guys that haven't been in a dunk contest before. You had two guys that have been in mu- movies and music videos and things like that. Um, the criteria definitely needs to change a little bit as well. Um, but that's a whole nother topic. I know we're talking about a thing that only happens one once a year and doesn't really count towards anything besides someone holding up that trophy. But Sunday night I thought was very interesting. And of course you were there, Christian, with the new All Star format where. Each quarter, there was money on the line to donate the charities. And in the fourth quarter, with the Elam ending, um, 24 points added to the team that was winning. Um, and then, of course, it ended on a free throw by Anthony Davis. But what did you think of the format overall with All-Star Sunday night? So I got to toot my own horn here a little bit. I said as soon as they came out with this rule change that they were going to do the target score, I thought it would work uh, because I've, I've actually paid pretty close attention to the basketball tournament. I think it's a really cool event. Um, and I think it makes for a really competitive basketball down the stretch. So I was like confident it was going to work. I was one of the few, um, and it did absolutely. I mean, that was like the most competitive basketball I've seen in an all-star game in years in that fourth quarter. I mean, Giannis was like getting into LeBron stuff. That was awesome to watch. I mean, there was like even an official's review on, on the play where they initially called a, a goaltender. It ended up being a block. Uh, and, you know, it came down to Anthony Davis at the free throw line. Um, that was like one of the most pressure-packed free throws Anthony Davis has ever attempted. Like yeah. you could just feel like the anxiousness in the arena after he missed that first one. No doubt about that. Um, do you think this is going to be something we see in the future now? The fact that it was so successful. I mean, Kyle Lowry took two charges in that fourth quarter. I mean, he had the best players in the NBA playing really hard to try to get that win in the fourth. Um, do you see this format continuing in in future games? Uh, oh, in the All-Star game, absolutely. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, I, I even wonder if, you know, seasons down the road, like would the NBA look at this to do these in like the real game? Uh, I don't know, maybe that's a little too premature. But, you know, I think one of the, the toughest things about watching an NBA game is like the last two minutes when one team is up by seven, eight, nine, ten points and the other team's just kind of fouling them to, to lengthen the game. There's a lot of timeouts. It, it just kind of drags at the end. And, I guess this is kind of one way to correct that. And, you know, to just have like a game winning shot every single game. I mean, the least exciting outcome is that somebody wins the game at the free throw and like Anthony Davis did. And I still thought that was really exciting. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I think you found a great balance with how it worked because for the first three quarters, it was a lot of lobs and dunks and three point shots, which, you know, as much as someone like us, you know, want to see a really good game, for a lot of those that are casual fans, kind of just want to see the stars go out there and put on a show. But it also brought a competitive standpoint in that fourth quarter. 
where teams were fighting, you know, for that ultimate cash for the for the charities there. Um, I felt like it was a good balance, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, there was something for everyone. Um, I, I just thought it was a great all-star weekend overall. I mean, Chicago is a great basketball city. It's the first time I've gotten to spend, you know, a couple of days there. I, I wish they had a better team. Um, Saturday was super fun. Sunday was super fun. It was like it was just an A-plus experience for me overall. I'm glad you had a good time. And now the focus now is on the last 27 games for the Pelicans. Of course, they're still chasing uh, the Memphis Grizzlies there, but there are also two other teams that they're chasing in the Portland Trailblazers, which the Pelicans will see on Friday night, and then the San Antonio Spurs. Pelicans are five and a half back of the Memphis Grizzlies for that eighth spot. Um, Christian, when you're talking about or what we're hearing is a lot of people are already saying that's going to come down to the Grizzlies and the Pelicans potentially um, down to that eighth spot, forgetting about Portland and San Antonio, just based on the strength of schedule from these two. Um, who do you feel like is going to be in that mix there come the last five, ten games of the season battling for that eighth spot? Oh, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out any of the four teams kind of jockeying for that final spot right now, Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, or New Orleans. Um, I, I honestly think that I would probably bet on Portland. Um, I know Dave Miller is dealing with, like, the groin thing, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just – it doesn't feel right betting against the team in the regular season. Um, you know, I was, I was doing some math. So in the last decade, 41 wins is the least amount of wins it's taken to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. The Trailblazers actually did that a couple years back. So to get to 41, the Pelicans are going to need to go 18 and 9. Um, I mean, I, I think that's doable. Um, but it's also really difficult. And even if they do, you know, it's not a guarantee that they get in. But, you know, the last 15 games are, are really set up for the Pelicans to – kind of close that deficit so i think the pelicans are going to be in it till like the last few nights of the regular season i think it's going to be a really fun and entertaining race for them so what do they need to do to get back in this race here or get closer to memphis i mean obviously we have a, a larger sample size with zion on the floor with the team they're five and five when he plays of course a tough loss against oklahoma city who's had the pelicans number all season long but you look at this last 27 games and kind of now how some of the players have adjusted and kind of taken into their roles, whether it's Josh Hart off the bench, Nicolo Melli, um, what kind of needs to improve for New Orleans in order to get back into the race and get closer to the eighth spot? Uh, don't turn the ball over and mainly just stay healthy, man. I mean, I, I think they've, like, showed, especially since Giants comes back, I mean, if, if the roster's healthy, they have more than enough talent to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of if everyone can stay right. Um, I mean, I think if Zion is there the whole year, they're they're absolutely a playoff team this year. And, I, I mean, I think they have a pretty good team when everybody's there. It's, it's pretty fun to watch. Christian, I appreciate the time. Um, we'll talk to you on the road here as the Pelicans get set for a West Coast uh, post-All-Star trip, starting with Portland on Friday night. That's a big game here, uh, you know, without Damian Lillard. Um, how important of it is a game? You've already clinched a tiebreaker here. I'll ask you one more question here. I lied about saying you're you're allowed to go. Um, but as far as the Portland game, even though you've ta- you've won the season series, how important is this just from getting that first game on the road um, when you're facing Golden State and then the Los Angeles Lakers on Mardi Gras Day? Yeah, I mean you'd you'd really like to go two and one on this trip, and you know winning in LA against the Lakers is obviously going to be really tough. So I think it's a huge game. Um, you know, about as important as, you know, the 27th to last game of the regular season can be, man. I mean, they just don't have a lot of margin for error when you're having to make up five and a half and 27. 
All right, Christian, I appreciate the time. Get some more rest. Enjoy the warmth here in New Orleans as you're in the cold in Chicago, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. There he goes. That's Christian Clark, who covers the Pelicans for NOLA.com. And, of course, the Times Picayune and Advocate. Uh, again, want to remind you, we do have a show on Friday as we get you ready for Pelicans in Blazers. A little bit of a, a different twist for our Friday game preview. Angie Thomas, number one New York Times bestselling author of The Hate You Give and On the Come Up. He's also She's also a producer. Uh, huge Pelicans fan on her Twitter profile. She has coined herself the Pelicans Drake, which we are lucky to have her on uh, on Friday. It's going to be a really fun show. Talk about a lot of different things as she's a huge Pelicans fan. You can follow her on Twitter at Angie C. Thomas as she tweets about the Pelicans a lot. And uh, we're finally going to get hooked up and talk to her about that uh, and also get you ready for Pelicans and Blazers. No Pelicans weekly show for the All-Star break, um, but we're looking forward to talking to you over the next few days here on Mardi Gras weekend. And again, the next time we'll talk to you is on Friday from Portland, Oregon. Until then, for Christian Clark, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.